Hey, J. Crew, it's Liel. So by now, Thanksgiving is behind us. We've had the turkey, we've had the stuffing, we've had the cranberry sauce, and we're ready for something a little bit more enlightened, something to shift our focus away from our tummies and towards, dare I say, our minds. Well, do we have a treat for you? We sat down not so long ago to talk with the legendary star of stage and screen, Stacy Keach. You may remember him as Mike Hammer from those incredible TV movies. Together with his good friend of many, many, many decades, Harris Yulin, the two of them are putting up a very special piece of Zoom theater available. That's right, on that same platform where we take all those endless meetings. But this time around, instead of sitting and talking to your colleagues at the virtual office, you could see two actors at their absolute prime perform a play. What is the play, you ask? It's called Vienna. It was written by Jim McGrath. And it tells the story of the very rocky, tumultuous, incredible, real-life relationship between one Carl Gustav Jung and one Sigmund Freud. These two eminent intellectuals who thought together and fought together. And maybe there's also a little bit of anti-Semitism thrown in for good measure. So please enjoy our interview with the one and only Stacy Keach, followed by an exclusive preview to their new play, Vienna. Have a listen. Stacey Keach, welcome to Unorthodox. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. It is such an honor to have you on. I've been uh, a fan for a very long time, since since the Mike Hammer days. Uh, but now... But now you're here uh, with with an intriguing, uh, amazing new production. Tell us about your your latest. It's called Vienna, and it's about Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung, about their friendship, their relationship, their mutual collaboration, and then their ultimate breakup. How do you alight on such a, a subject? What brings you to these murky psychological grounds? You know... I've always been fascinated with Carl Jung because back in the 60s, we would throw the I Ching to make decisions in our life. Do you remember that? Oh, well, yeah, yes. <laughs> and Carl Jung was very, very, uh, very much a part of that whole experience. He wrote lots of books uh, that made reference to the I Ching and the unknown. The, the, I became fascinated with the whole concept of synchronicity. To me, you know, when something happens in life that is a coincidence, a serendipitous coincidence, and you can't explain it, 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 it synchronicity. Jung explained it and actually gave a, a, a mathematical computation formula describing how it works, like sort of like a... a probability factors with algorithms, stuff that I, that I way beyond me that I don't understand. The idea, if, if I am to sort of kind of simplify it ad absurdum, that the, the universe has its own patterns and uh, you could tap into things that seem completely random, but in fact uh, are part of the uh, ordered uh, flow of, of all things in a cosmos. I couldn't have said it better. Thank you so much. Beautiful. No, that's exactly where it is, yeah. So in brief, tell us a story. What 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 is the element of the complicated relationship between these two eminent thinkers that the play focuses on? It's the whole chronology of their relationship. 
in shorthand, and you know, because it's a it's a ninety minute experience, so obviously we can't tell the whole story. I couldn't believe it when I was doing some research myself. They wrote three hundred and fifty letters together. That's an extraordinary, you know, commitment to staying in touch in right. the beginning and, of their relationship. And we complained about emails. <laughs> exactly. We tell the story of their meeting, how they met, and what their vulnerabilities were that they shared. Both they loved each other in, in the sense of their passion for the unconscious, the psyche. The, they, I mean, the, these guys were revolutionaries in the sense that they unraveled the mysteries of the psyche. They really were the first to do that. And it had to do with dreams. Jung took issue with Freud, or feeling that sex was the basis of everything in terms of the libido. The main reason that they were drawn together, I think, was because they assuaged one another's loneliness. Both men were actually very complicated, vulnerable loners. Freud talks about the fact that he didn't really have any, any good friends. So does Jung. That's where they shared that almost immediately. Jung had, had difficulty establishing relationships with men because when he was 18 years old, he was sexually molested by a, an older man, a friend of their families. And he, they, they share the, these experiences together. We find out that Freud had a problem urinating in his trousers. He was incontinent. He, he revealed this to Jung, and Jung took him through a dream, and as a result, cured him of that problem. The real issue that was the breaking point, however, was anti-Semitism. Jung had taken over a psychiatric society in Zurich. It was very much during, the, when, during Anschluss when the Nazis came into Vienna. And he never really said negative things at the time to suit Freud's satisfaction about Judaism. And later he wrote that he felt that the Jews were inferior, that they were not because of, that's just they were, they're born. They were, that's the way they, they, were, they were, not their fault, they were born that way. And Freud took great issue with this. And accused him of being an anti-Semite. And that was the reason that they broke up, ultimately. It ended their friendship for good. Yeah, forever. 27 years after they broke up, uh, Jung corresponded, tried to correspond with Freud because he was in, he was in Oxford doing something and he knew he was going to be there and he, he sent him a telegram to wish him well. Telling him it never arrived. It was somebody forgot to send it, and it was uh, so they never no they never reconciled. And Jung writes about his desire and his need and his want. His uh, he wanted to reconcile. He wanted he loved Freud. I mean they they were great friends. They they had a tremendous bond. So not to put you on, on the couch or anything, but when you prepare to, to step into the shoes of Carl Gustav Jung uh, and you're there with your dear Jewish friend, Harris Hewlin, uh, and, and you need to get to the point of embodying this anti-Semitic sentiment that broke up this spectacular relationship be between these two men. How do you do it? How do you undo it? I mean, it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's, just, it's something that it, it, uh, to again. By the way, I, I must tell you that I 
I did an Ancestry.com and I found out that I am one-third Jewish myself. We welcome you with open arms. Thank you so much. You know, for many years, our dear, a mutual dear friend of Harris and mine, Tony Greenberg, he passed away prematurely, tragically. But we were very close. We, we love Tony. And he had wonderful Jewish friends that were very prominent in Los Angeles. He was a wonderful architect, Tony. And I was the only one at the time, they didn't know, the only Gentile who was invited to these um, memorial dinners that we would have once a year after Tony passed away. And I only discovered recently that uh, I wasn't the golden goy. I was actually, you know, there was a portion, a fraction to me was of the tribe. Which I assume makes playing uh, this this man with anti-Semitic convictions even more challenging. So what do you do? How do you how do you get this ancient hatred bubbling in you? What's what's the but, process here? The thing is this: Hume never never acknowledged. He never admitted it openly. I mean, he he he, he saw pedal and he was challenged about it. He was he and even today he's you know historically he's challenged, but but he always denied it. He was in denial the whole time. She said, no, that's ridiculous. You know, I, I'm not an anti-Semite. Stacy Keach, the legendary actor, we are so honored to have had you on the show. Oh, it's great, great to be here. Thank you so much. I'm just sorry Harris couldn't join us. But you, if you want to see us together, join us on Sunday night, Sunday Thanksgiving. I can, I can show you a couple of teasers, as a matter of fact. Since I am the solitary drinker, I name the toast. I toast to a deep and abiding friendship that begins on this day. Here, here. But in the beginning, he stood with me against the entire medical establishment. Oh, yeah. He played a major role in putting me over. A time when my name and the profession was a joke, it was a dirty joke. Yeah, Freud was seen as this odd man who claimed to interpret dreams and saw sex in everything. Everything. I've already made it clear to all of my colleagues that you are the first among equals. You are the one I have chosen to lead the movement and carry on my work after I'm gone. Well, that's quite an honor and a responsibility. And I, I thank you. I saw this from the beginning. I tried to work around it, which of course proved impossible. Jung has always been an anti-Semite. Now the world knows it. Freud was the one who started all this talk about my imagined anti-Semitism. I did not wonder what he thought of my new publication. I knew he hated it. I knew in my guts because of my redefinition of his libido, the psychology of the unconscious would cost me my friendship with him. I anticipated a work that might contain a challenge to my theories. It contains no such challenge because it is a disorganized mess. No one would bother with it. I would suggest starting over after first burning every existing copy.
If you like this snippet, why not watch the whole thing? It is absolutely free and it streams on Thanksgiving Sunday, November 28th at 5 p.m. Pacific and then 24-7 throughout December 1st at www.stacykeechzoomtheater.com. I hope you will check it out and I'm sure you'll enjoy it as much as we have. Shalom, friends.